Sin Media acknowledges and pays respect to the people of the Woi Wurrung and Bun Wurrung language groups of the Eastern Kulin Nations on whose unceded lands the Sin office and studios stand. Sin Media respectfully acknowledges their ancestors and elders, past, present and emerging. Sin Media also acknowledges the traditional custodians and their ancestors of the lands and waters across Australia where our content reaches and on which Sin partner organisations stand. Sovereignty has never been ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. So, so, so scandalous. Anticipating something. Talking about the dance in your pants. You're listening to The Naughty Rude Show, Sin's home of sexuality, identity and relationships on Sin Nation. Hello and welcome to The Naughty Rude Show here on Sin. Hope you've been having a great night because it's about to get way, way, way hotter. I'm Zach, I'm joined by Tammy and guess what? It's the first show of season two. Oh boy. How you going, Tammy? I'm going good. How are you going? I'm going good. You ready? You ready for this season? It's going to be a good one, yeah? I'm really excited. I think we had a very successful season one. I think it was very fun. I think that it's just smooth sailing uphill from here, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And if you want to hear some of that season one, check out our podcasted episodes. Those are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Just search The Naughty Rude Show. Or honestly, search up anywhere you get your podcasts. You'll find us. Uh, you should also follow our socials. We're at Naughty Rude Sin on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you should get involved with the show. Go to the naughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask to ask us a question. We're going to get into a couple of questions later in the show. We've also got a couple of fun little chats about first kisses and second dates. So stay tuned for those. But before we jump into the show proper, just going to mention a couple of helplines just in case you're going through something, need someone to talk to. And we do talk about stuff that can be kind of heavy here. So you can always contact Beyond Blue at 1300 224 636. That's 1300 224 636. Kids Helpline at 1800 55 1800. That's 1800 55 1800. And Q Life Helpline at 1800 184 527. That's 1800 184 527. You're listening to the Naughty Root Show here on Sim. Tonight, you are here with myself, Tammy, and Zach is also here. I am here. <laughs> and we, we are about to jump into our first topic of the night, our first little talking point, a topic that I quite honestly don't have very strong opinion. Well, actually, no, I do have quite strong opinions, but not in the way that you would think. First oh. kisses. Oh, mm. I'm sorry. You can't, just, you can't just leave us like that. What, what's the opinions and why are they unthinkable? I only say this because I feel like in the, granted, this is just my experience. Don't know if anybody else can relate to this, but first kisses in the media are always like this big, like big deal, big event. And I feel like it's always been, you know, passed down from like, you know, your parents and your older siblings and stuff teasing you like, oh, your first kiss, it's going to be this and it's going to be that and it's going to be this and that. And and then it just kind of happens and it's not a big deal. (laughs) Well, it's not a big deal. It doesn't mean much. It doesn't mean much. You don't think it means much? No. But then again, I don't really understand the concept of kissing in general. So I do understand that I'm a bit of an outlier there. So that's fair. That's fair. Well, do you have any? Do you have any stories? Any good or bad? 
Well, see, I'm trying to remember back to my first kiss. I have a couple of memories in my mind and I'm pretty sure the actual first kiss that I ever had was actually with one of my friends, with one of my girlfriends when we were like 16. It was a New Year's party. My friends used to like pick on me a lot. Well, not like lightheartedly pick on me, I should say, because I was kind of the nun of the group. I didn't really care about relationships or boys or girls or, I don't know, kissing. And everyone was like, oh, my God, like I can't believe that you've never even kissed anyone. I was just there like, well, that's me. And then, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a New Year's kiss between myself and one of my friends where it was just like, ha this will be funny. Let's make it happen. But I can't remember which friend it was. I know that it's between two people. I can't remember which one it was out of those two people, but yeah, well, I'm fairly certain that's my first kiss. I don't really know. Well, yeah. okay. It doesn't need to be your first ever. What about just your first kiss with a new partner? You got, you got anything there? Now, I do seem to remember a story not about you yourself, but a story you told. Oh, my God, true. Oh, you know more about my life than I do. I'm so glad I have you, Zach. <laughs> and I just think no, that see, story think, needs to be shared a little. Yeah, okay. So my favourite kissing story comes from my ex-partner. He was like, this was his first kiss. He was 15, dating his first girlfriend at the time. They went out on, like, the cutest date. It was to a rose garden and they had like a picnic and, you know, they were 15. They were just little babies. Adorable. And he looks over to her and he says, hey, can I kiss you right now? And she looks back and she goes, "Mm, probably not. It's perfect. And it's just soul crushing and I love it. But see, that led to my eventual first kiss with him. He told me this before we started dating, before we had our first kiss. And so then that led to our first kiss where I was leaving his house. We weren't dating. I didn't know what was going to happen. And he romantically runs over to me and he's like, before you go, can I kiss you? And it was really romantic. And I froze and I didn't know what to do because, number one, it was romantic and I was overwhelmed. And number two... I just really wanted to say probably not because he told me that story and I thought it was really funny, but you were, you were handed like the perfect joke there, but you didn't take it. You let, you let Instead it stand. I froze. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if I should play into the romance or just make a joke out of it. And so I just froze and did nothing. It was really embarrassing, but I don't know. There are a couple of my stories. Um, do you have any stories? <sighs> no, not really. Uh, it's hard to have a story about first kisses when you haven't had one. <laughs> oh. Well, see, as a non-kisser, a, a non-kissed person, a... Unkissed. An unkissed. As an unkissed, do you have opinions on first kisses then? Do you think it's like a big, okay. dramatic, romantic... I do, I do have opinions. Or- I do have opinions. I think they are... I agree to an extent that like with you that they're kind of overplayed because it's like okay it's a kiss it can't be that big a deal right mm-hmm. but i can see why people think of them really kind of importantly and hold them as sort of treasured memories especially i think i think that more applies if you have your first kiss when you're like younger because it's like mm-hmm. oh it was my first time it was you know me stepping out into the dating world whereas i think once you kind of hit older like 
I don't know, my age, for example, you kind of just stop caring. It's just kind of like, yeah, it'll happen. <laughs> it'll be a thing. So, like, there's more of, like, a want younger, whereas when you're older, it's kind of more of a... I think maybe more nostalgia. I don't know if I'd say there's more of a want. Maybe there's a want. I'll say right now I didn't have a want, but I think people, that, that might be why they kind of romanticize people look back on them so fondly and it's kind of like... Maybe there's a bit of nostalgia there. I can't help but feel like your first kiss would just be overwhelmingly, mildly wet. <laughs> <laughs> Look, depends on how you're doing it. Well, that's the thing. I don't really know. So, like, <laughs> I'm just going to assume it would be mildly wet. That's the beauty of kissing, though, is I've been kissing since I was 16 years old. Still don't know how to do it. Still don't Ooh. know what a good kisser is. Don't know how to make that all work, but... Well, if you've got any know. if you've got any good stories about your first kiss, you should go to the naughtyroadshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask. Hit us up. Don't need an account, completely anonymous. Ask us something. We might just tell your story to the world. Or at least to our <laughs> listeners. Yeah. <laughs> We're about to jump into a conversation about second dates. Because here's the thing. There's a lot of information out th- out there about first dates, and you talk about first dates a lot, and there's a lot of like pressure about having a great first date. There's not as much about like actually following it up though. And I feel like that's kind of important to know how to do, right? <laughs> like, like you put all that effort into the first date and then it's where do we go from here? It's like, yeah, it's just like, well, what, what, what now? We, we did it. We did, the, we did the part that everyone says is really difficult. Uh, what's next? So, okay. How long, Tammy, do you reckon you should wait? after a first date before organizing a second date because i've heard like oh there's the three day rule you have to wait three days before contacting them again i think that's stupid um but what do you i also think that's stupid have you not heard that also no i haven't actually really but also i think that this all depends on circumstances and stuff though because like i don't know i've been on the first date and on the first date we have organized the second date really yeah, that one, honestly, for me, has happened more often than not. Just because it ends and it's like, a, are we going to see each other again? Do you want to see each other again? When? When are we going to see each other again? Okay, that's actually really cute. And then it just gets organized. I've never heard of this. You've never heard of the three-day Is it three-day of, like, hold on, is it three I'm gonna, days I'm gonna to wait until just organizing it or three days to wait until the next date? I'm going to be Dr. Google and just make sure that I know what I'm talking about here. Yeah, the three-day rule is, yeah, it's suggested that you wait three days before contacting the person again. So you'll have a first date, and you'll wait three days before talking to them again. And the the, the implication is is that it's like, it's someone you met on like a dating app or something, not someone you've started dating that you've known for a while already. It's just someone fresh. But I still think it's stupid. Like, why would you not contact them for three days? Yeah, no, because three days, in my mind, like, I have a very short attention span. You have to keep that attention or it's gone. Three days, sorry, buddy, I'm gone. Like, like yeah, at least talk to me within those three days. Like, we don't have to organize something. We don't have to see each other. But, like, I don't but, know. But stay in contact. See, I'd stay in contact. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. See, I think that would be... Again, depending on situations and stuff, every person is different. But I think that would be my advice to any listener is... It doesn't hurt to stay in contact. Why is it such a stigma to just to have time off, you know? like Yeah, it's confusing and strange. Going back to kind of second dates, though, do you think there's... um, 
I guess, different expectations on a second date compared to a first date? Like, would you do something different? I would. I would only because, well, this is even also assuming that you have actually done something on the first date. Because a date isn't always doing an activity. Sometimes it can just be hanging out. But see, early in the dating game, I would want to be doing an activity just because if you're doing an activity, it's kind of easier to like generate conversation. You get to see how they are more candidly rather than just like sitting. Yeah. And yeah, I would want to do something else just so we can like broaden the experiences together, broaden our interests. And I don't know, it's just more fun that way, I think. Yeah. Part of me, okay. I want to, I want to kind of get your thoughts. Part of me wonders, does a second date have more pressure than a first date? Cause like a first date, I feel like there's a willingness to admit that you could just not click with the other person at all. With a second date, you've both kind of agreed that you've clicked a bit. Yeah, but also, you know, date number two, I don't think it's... That big a deal? Pressure, yeah, as like down the road. Because, you know, you you are still getting to know each other. So I would wait for like a couple of dates in before it gets to the point where it's like, okay, I've seen enough of you and I've decided that I don't (laughs) like what I see, you know? do Do you have any memorable second dates? No. Do no. I? But not, none oh, that are bad. Oh, actually, none that no, are memorable is... good, but none that are memorable bad. Yeah, see, none that are memorable bad. Okay, okay. So funny. First dates are always the one that's memorable bad. The Okay. <laughs> well, that's the... probably because I don't get a second one if they're bad. <laughs> the only second date that's coming to mind for me at the moment, which I guess must mean that it was a good one. Again, this is with the same ex-partner that I was talking about before that I laughed at. Um, <laughs> when he <laughs> tried to kiss me that first date, we were just hanging out at his place, watching movies all day and like bad movies. It was sick. We watched like Shrek 2 and basketball. It was a very, I'm sorry. Did you say day. Shrek 2 is a bad um, movie? Well, I'm sorry. Not like, not like a, wow, this is a thought provoking film, like a film that you watch it and you go, yeah, I'm insulted. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> insulted myself there to be honest i'm glad that you called me up on that i need to be held accountable but yeah first date we're just hanging out we're just sitting we're just sitting on the couch having a sick time second date he was like no you're gonna come over and we're gonna cook together because also mind you this was during um early covid so this was when everything was starting to shut down so i think if we had the choice we would have gone somewhere else but you know went over to his place we made some muffins and banana bread and it was very sweet and nice and cute and i forgot to take some food home and i'm still really mad about it because it was really good banana bread Ooh, <laughs> i do love banana bread you're listening to the naughty Root show with zach and tammy and we're about to jump into a listener question which i think is always our favorite part of every show oh yeah it's, our, oh, it's the first yeah. question we got we're gonna have another one a bit later but this is just the first of well i was about to say first of many but it's actually the first of two but it's the first <laughs> the first of this season the first of the season. What is our question, Which is Amy? the first of many. Uh, the question this time, this week is, Hi, Naughty Rude Show. How do I... Oh, sorry. How old... How old is too old to keep having wet dreams? I'm 20. From Jack. Thank you, Jack. Which, which by the way, hello, Jack. Sick that you wrote into us sick that you gave us your name i feel a lot more personally connected but answering the question how old is too old there is no old is too old so (laughs) wet dreams are somewhat not complicated but basically they don't really like ever just go away completely 
they will like sort of peak when you're kind of going through puberty uh, around that age and they kind of die off as you get older. But there, there's no real cutoff point where it's like, well, now you shouldn't really have them anymore. It's like, no, you'll probably have them every now and then basically forever. Mm. There's no just kind of like, you're too old now. It's like, no, you just kind of keep having them. It can be very inconvenient. Also, Zach, for listeners who are tuning in that might not know what a wet dream mm, is, you're to explain what that is. Yes, a wet dream, sometimes also referred to as a nocturnal emission, is when... Uh, now, I've always heard of them. I'm just going to be uh, upfront. I've always heard them in the context of people with a penis. Uh, I believe they can actually affect someone with a vagina as well, but they're just... I just don't hear about them in that context nearly as often. What they basically means is it's a sex dream, pretty much. So it tends to be very uh, hormonal. And the reason they're called nocturnal emissions sometimes as well is because you will ejaculate in your sleep. And See, and I think that's why it's not spoken about with possibly, women as often. Because yeah. it definitely does happen. A lot of women, though, don't get the trail of evidence that a lot of men get. <laughs> Hence why I said they can be very inconvenient at times because then it's like, well, now I've got a shower first thing in the morning and honestly, half the time when I have them, I end up getting woken up at like 4am and it's like, well, now I've got a shower and it's 4 in the morning and then I've got to go to uni and it's, I'm tired and I haven't slept now and I hate everything. <laughs> and you weren't even awake to enjoy it. No. <laughs> Everything about it is terrible. No, it's they're whatever. They happen. They're fine. You, you know, you clean yourself up. You go back to sleep. <laughs> but yeah, there's no it's real cutoff age. It is what it is moment. It is what it is. It really is just an is what it is moment. It happens. It is what it is. The human body is weird. The Sometimes it just decides weird. to do things. You just kind of have to roll with it. Just roll with the punches. You know. Pretty much. Pretty much. I don't really believe there's a way to completely. St- stop them. I believe, however, that if you don't masturbate as often, they can become more sort of prevalent or not masturbating for a while can cause one to happen. But there's not like any real way to just stop it completely. Like it's not like if you masturbate all the time, you're not going to have them ever. It's still going to happen every now and then pretty much. And yeah, Yeah. it's completely normal. It's completely like healthy. It's not like anything's wrong with you if you have them or if like you have them at a certain point or age or anything like that completely normal just very inconvenient although it is worth mentioning that if you do think that there is something wrong with your body absolutely please go talk to a medical professional go chat to your gp they'll be able to give you a lot more in-depth advice than sorry in-depth advice than we could ever give you yes Um, however we we can just say we are not doctors we are not medical professionals but we are some cool people that can just say up front it's normal. The human body is weird yes. and it does normal things like that sometimes. And it's nothing to be ashamed or worried about it because it happens to everyone. And it's just something that we don't talk about enough because who wants to talk about that? Who wants to talk about the joy of waking up at four o'clock in the morning to go have a shower? And- <laughs> oh, yeah, pretty much. Like, again, if you're worried, check with your doctor. They'll be able to give you more in-depth advice. But absolutely normal to keep having them especially around you know 20 years old not too old whatsoever they'll keep happening even as you get older they might become less frequent but there's really nothing you can do to stop them and you just kind of have to deal with it and wake up at four in the morning to have a shower 
<laughs> go back to sleep and then wake up and go to uni and be really tired and stuff. I love Sometimes. that four o'clock is the go-to time. Well, it's like it's- <laughs> sometimes earlier, sometimes later. And sometimes people sleep through them. Sometimes you won't even wake up. That's but, so insane. What a delightful yeah. surprise to wake up to. I can say from my personal experience, I have woken up every time it happens and then gone and have a shower. <laughs> See, one day uh, your body's going to get you. One day your body's just going to trick you and you're going to wake up and you're going to be like, what? God, I slept this no. time. Oh, no. We're halfway through the show as it currently stands. We've had a really exciting show so far. We've chatted about second dates, chatted about first kisses. We've answered a question. We're going to answer another question very soon, which I think we're all very excited about. So stick around for that. But yeah, in the meantime, hit us up on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can find us at Naughty Rude Sin. As well, you can find us on our podcast, catch up on old episodes, listen to what we've, what we're all about. You can find us on Omni, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and just about anywhere else that you can get your podcasts. Do not fret. We are there. We are always hiding around the corner. Um, <laughs> and hey, if you want to hide with us, no, if you want to get involved with the show, you should go to the naughtyroadshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask. No account needed. You don't need to say your name or anything. It can be completely anonymous if you'd like. Although if you say your name, we'll give you a bit of a shout out as well. And yeah, you can ask us something. You can tell us a bit of a story. Just get involved. We love it. We love it. We love hearing from you. So yeah, we're going to be we answering love it. another... That's how we make our content is from you oh, guys. Yeah. So the more that you get involved, the less that we have to think. Okay. <laughs> we have to think. We have to think. <laughs> and I think we're going to be talking about some great stuff coming up. Again, we've got a question. We're also going to be talking about the orgasm gap. So stay tuned for that. We're going to be going into what it actually is and kind of why it exists a little bit. But of course, things can be a little heavy. We talk about things that can be a bit touchy for some people, which is absolutely fair. And if you need someone to talk to, you should definitely hit up a helpline. You can contact Beyond Blue at 1-300-224-636. That's 1-300-224-636. Kids Helpline at 1-800-55-1800. That's 1-800-55-1800. Or Q Life Helpline at 1-800-184-527. That's 1-800-184-527. Please don't hesitate to get help if you need it. Also, just adds up, we aren't like medical professionals or doctors or anything like that. So if you're having a medical problem, just chat to a GP. They'll definitely be able to help you out. We can offer advice. We can talk about our own experiences, things like that, things we've read, things we've watched, things we've listened to, but we can't <laughs> offer actual medical advice. We aren't doctors. So if you need medical advice, talk to a doctor. And we are the Naughty Rude Show, and I'm Zach, and I'm joined by Tammy, and we're jumping into a bit of a chat about the orgasm gap. So, a lot of this information comes from uh, researcher Nicole Andrzejczak, specifically an article on The Conversation, so I'd recommend checking that out if you're interested, but just kind of go over what the orgasm gap actually is. It's basically the idea that it specifically applies to, or at least the research specifically applies to heterosexual cisgender people or cisgender people in heterosexual relationships. And it's that a far, far, far greater proportion of cis men compared to cis women have orgasms. It's about 82% of men reported having an orgasm compared to a whopping 62% of women, which is barely more than half, which is not great. Which is so interesting that this 
um, this research actually exists because I feel like for a long time people have joked and made offhand comments about this actual issue, but now we have these statistics that are leaning towards that this is in fact a real thing and... It's just cool because I honestly did not know of the term the orgasm gap until <laughs> right before we started recording today, um, before Zach brought it to my attention. And I am the bringer of knowledge. You are the bringer of knowledge. And it's interesting knowledge because, like, why? Yeah, I mean, there have been a couple of sort of theories and things like that about why. And there are also a lot of myths about why. One of the main ones that you kind of hear tossed around is, oh, well, it's just so much harder for women to orgasm, so why should we bother? It's so much more effort. And it's like, don't be a slacker. Don't be lazy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> don't 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 be like that. But one of the reasons well, see, I think that, that that's a funny stigma though, because I feel like it is in fact easy. You just have to know what you're doing. Well that's and so that's, kind that's of, why yeah. I think it's interesting that this research relates to people that are in relationships. Because I could understand if it was like a one-time thing, kind of one-night stand, maybe only having limited sex here and there with a partner, why, you know, they wouldn't know your body and they wouldn't really care that much and stuff like this and that and whatever. But these are people that are in relationships. And so I feel like because you're in a relationship with that person, you would want to get to know their body and you would want to have like an even playing field, you know? Yeah, I mean, part, of, part of me wonders, and I mean, I haven't looked for any research on this myself, but it would be really interesting because this research, again, it applies specifically to cis people in heterosexual relationships. Does a similar gap exist for people who are in non-heterosexual or aren't cisgender? Does, is mm. there still a similar trend? Anyway, part of the reason that is put forward for why this actually exists is because of heteronormativity, so the idea that a heterosexual relationship is the norm, has very much kind of given birth to the idea. I hate that I just said given birth in this context. <laughs> uh, but anyway, to the idea that normal sex, and I'm using massive air quotes around the word normal, is penis in vagina, and then sex is done when the guy ejaculates. Oh, my God. Which is so funny that this is still, like, a thing in adulthood because I feel like when, like, I remember when I was a kid and don't know if everybody else can relate to this, but I can tell you that in my experience as a kid, we were kind of taught that gay people don't exist. And then we kind of hit an age where it kind of clicked for a lot of people. And it's like, oh, hold on, gay people do exist. And then it's like, hang on a second, but I know what sex is. How do, like, gay people have sex? Specifically, how do... The lesbians have sex. It's like, oh, but they're just cuddling. Like, that's not sex. Oh, God. And it's so funny that now I'm an adult and I realize that a lot of people still have just carried this through life where it's, oh, but we're not really having sex because it didn't penetrate, you know? Yeah, it's, it's very, very, very stupid because there isn't a, and hence the massive air quotes around normal, there's no such thing as normal sex. Right. Like no. there's no you're doing it right or you're doing it wrong. I mean, there's definitely ways that you can find more enjoyable than others, but that doesn't necessarily mean that there's a one size fits all and that if you don't have penetrative sex, you aren't having sex. Guess what? It comes yeah. in a lot of uh shapes and forms and flavors of sex. <laughs> but yeah, like <laughs> The, the orgasm gap, at least in this research, is largely pinned on that idea 
because a lot of women report that they don't actually orgasm from penetrative sex alone. Like that's just not enough. And we'll get into that a little bit more shortly, but yeah, it's, it's really kind of interesting and it's, it's good that research is being done into it. It's not great that research has to be done into it, but it's good that it's being done. Well, see, I think the good thing about it being done is that hopefully this will be brought to more people's attention and more people will realize that sex is more than just penetration. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It is. There's so much more to sex than just penetration. Yeah, and there doesn't need to be a, like, start and end point, right? Like, there doesn't need to be a, well, I came, so we're done now. We can't, (laughs) we can't, we can't, we can't do this anymore. I'm sorry. It's like, you don't have to stop. No. And also, you don't have to keep going. No, you don't have to keep going. Completion as well. Yeah, if you don't have to keep going to ejaculation either. If you want to stop, you can just stop. Before the break, just then we were talking about the orgasm gap, which Zach can probably summarize it a lot better than I can. But for those that missed it, Zach, take it away. Oh well, the orgasm gap is uh, the idea that in heterosexual cisgender relationships, men orgasm far more than women do. So just this is going off some research conducted by uh, Nicole Androjek. You can find an article on The Conversation, uh, Why Are Men Having More Orgasms Than Women in Heterosexual Relationships? Definitely look that up if you are interested in finding out more. But to kind of give a quick little summary, it's about 82% of cis men compared to 62% of cis women. So just over half women compared to about... A lot more men. A lot more men. A lot more men. I can't do math, but I can say that, that that 82 is a bigger number than 62. Part of the reason that was kind of given for that gap is the idea that quote-unquote normal sex, massive air quotes around the word normal, is penis in vagina, which ignores the fact that most women don't orgasm from penetrative sex alone. Yeah, and well, also was? ignores the fact that there are so many more ways to have sex yes. than yes. just penetration. Keep in mind, again, part of that idea is that sex has to end when the male when the man orgasms, which is just not true at all. But that's kind of the idea or the belief that's been built up. Now, closing the orgasm gap, what was found to be quite effective was clitoral stimulation, specifically like oral sex, which is really interesting because I feel like a lot of people know that the clitoris exists, but I feel like a lot of people don't actually know how to effectively or that it is an effective source of pleasure (laughs) see going along these lines um i would recommend every person who is listening um if you are interested in the clitoris look up a diagram of what it actually looks like i would love to talk about it in depth on this show but it's really difficult to explain how it is because a lot of what we know of like you know the the image that comes to mind for a lot of people when they're thinking about the clitoris is number one don't know where it is it doesn't exist sorry to all those people and then number two it's just kind of like this little small little thing that kind of exists kind of towards the top of the vulva when in fact it's a lot bigger than that that is just the tip of the iceberg. There's a whole gland that's just going on all around there and it's all fil- filled with nerve endings and you can stimulate it through penetrative sex. You can do it that way, but doesn't work for everyone. And it's pretty much just more of a surefire way to get it stimulated. If you were to yeah, stimulate it from that tip of the iceberg around the top of the vulva region. 
Yeah. So yeah, that's why things like oral sex can be phenomenal. You can also get toys that can play around with it. You can also get stimulator drops or like a liquid. What is or a like, stimulator drop? It's some kind of, I've never used it, so I can't really tell you too much about it. I don't know how it works. I don't know the magic behind it, but I can tell you that there are products out there that are marketed as like some sort of a liquid thing that you put on the top of the clitoris, the top of the vulva, and I don't know, it just kind of wakes it up a little bit and gets it a little bit more happy, which if you have, if you're, uh, if you are somebody that does struggle to stimulate your clitoris, then that can be handy. Sounds handy. Handy dandy. Handy dandy. But yeah, one thing that I found really interesting was that a lot of women said that they actually felt ashamed of sexual acts that were outside of that, again, quote unquote, norm, which I find really interesting because it's like, I think as a sort of general society, we've come to accept or or there's an agreement that penetrative sex isn't necessarily enough. But the fact that a lot of people still feel ashamed of doing other things is a little... I guess disheartening, disheartening is not the right word, but it's a bit like... I would say it's worrisome, to be honest. Worrisome. (laughs) See, I can't really justify my reason for naming it worrisome, but I think it's just because you shouldn't be. Like, there should be no real stigma about any other form of sex that isn't just penetrative. Because, like, it's just as important. It's just fun. In fact, it can be even more fun. Yeah. And, like, it's it's more, like, maybe this is the wrong way to put it, but more versatile, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> if you're more open to having different types of sex or sex in different ways, like if you are willing to expand your definition of sex to beyond penis in vagina, then it's like, wow, there's so many more things you could be doing. Use, there's like you said, to use, use toys with a partner. Try, I don't know, position yourselves differently. Do something else. <laughs> Getting a bit personal here, but that's quite honestly one of my favorite things about having sex because like if I'm doing something on my own like I know how to push my own buttons I know how I work it's very exciting when you're with somebody else and they try something on you and then you're just sitting there oh hang on a second that works it's new I like that. I mean you've, dis- you've discovered a new feature yeah. achievement unlocked in like a game you know like <laughs> it's with your own body uh, but yeah, you, you just, you, like being open to experimentation, not even experimentation, just not being ashamed of very normal things, I think really will help people come together. Yeah. And I mean together, that in I like that. every way you could possibly think of. <laughs> See, and if anybody does have shame within themselves, within sexual acts, within this and that, it's not going to be an easy fix. It's not as easy as, no, you know, just, you can't suddenly say, I'm oh, fixed. just don't be ashamed. No, you've got you to gotta work through it, but it is something willing to work through and kind of explore. Yeah. If you do have any troubles, any worries, any concerns, as always, go chat to GP. Yeah. They'll be able to get you on the right track. They'll be able to get you in contact with the right people and get you feeling all good again. We're the Naughty Root Show. I'm Zach. I'm joined by Tammy, and we are jumping into our second question of the night. This one came to us through our link tree. That is linktr.ee forward slash the Naughty Root Show. And it's a bit of a long one, so listen up. Hey guys, how important is having things in common with your partner? Personally, I think it's very important to have the same interest, but I do know some couples are okay with not having things in common and finding stuff out together. I'm dating someone at the moment. We don't do anything in common, but she is a nice person. I don't know if I should keep trying to find something or move on. Oh, 
bit of a predicament and it's a bit of a tricky one. Yeah. And I think a very common one though. I think this is, I think this is a very common one, but I think it's a very under talked about one. I don't think anyone gives this the time of day that it deserves. I'm just going to be upfront with my answer. I don't know what yours is, Zach, but I think it's perfectly fine to have differences with your partner. I think it's honestly, in my experience, it's been more fun dating people that I don't have common interests with. Yeah, because it's fun. That's where I get to learn about things. Well, what are some things you've learned with your partners? Well, see, when it comes to interests, like I'm always just kind of like in my own little bubble. Right. But like dating people, I get to learn about other things. The amount of things that I can tell you about video games, insane, amazing. I can tell you about the speed running community. I can tell you about streamers. Um, I can tell you about controversies. Oh, um, well, if you want to hear like, more about video games, you should check out Player One on Sin anyway. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Every Monday Very from uh, 6 p.m., 8 p.m., sorry. Very true, though. But, yeah, I don't know. I tend to date a lot of gamers. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Other than that as well, though, like, I've dated a lot of people that just have a very different background to me in general. So, like, like this isn't, like, an interesting, but, you know, dating people that are, you know, different outside of your circle. I found it so interesting dating people that are just brought up different to me. I was rural, public school, very sheltered. And, you know, I've dated for the most part city boys that went to private schools and there is like a very big difference in you know the way that we've been brought up and this and that and whatnot and it's just so interesting to hear about and so interesting to listen to and I just really think it comes down to a person's values on whether I would want to date them or not rather than interest but that's just a me thing to each their own I know that every person's different and if you really value interest then I think that that's fine if you would break up with somebody because they don't have the same interests yeah that is your choice to make but it's not the be all end all i'll I'll jump in and say that's lovely i don't think i could date someone that i had nothing in common with damn so okay even if they just had okay what if you had all the same values though like political (sighs) values just personal values i mean i'd want to similar families and stuff i'd want to spend time with that person but i don't think i'd want a relationship with them Wow. Because, uh, and I guess it depends on exactly what you want out of a relationship, right? Do you want, do you want support and someone you can rely on? Not to say that you can't rely on someone that you have interests with, or do you want someone that you can kind of do stuff with and have like, you know, those sorts of common commonalities and. Okay. But what about exploring? Like, okay. What if you don't. I'm open. Here's the thing. I'm open. I'm open to exploring other interests, but if I find that I'm not interested in their interests, then I think that would create a challenge. For example, if my partner was really into, I don't know, cricket, well, I'm sorry, cricket's boring. So I don't think that's going to work. If they, if all they want to talk about is cricket or if the only thing they really want to do is play cricket. And obviously I'm very much generalizing here because people have more than one hobby generally, but See, I was just as an say, example, that's the beauty of people is that they are multifaceted. And if you're not into cricket, that's fine. Cause maybe they're also really into ping pong and maybe you're going to learn about ping pong and but, get really into ping but pong. What if I'm or... also not into ping pong at all? Well, you never know unless you try, but that's the thing. What if I try and I'm not into it? <laughs> then I think that that's perfectly fine. Uh, like I think you need to, yeah, I agree that you should try doing things with this person, you know, See what you like, but if you really have nothing in common and that's something important to you, then yeah, maybe calling it off isn't 
a terrible idea because, and it's hard, we can't know how long you've been dating this person or anything like that. But if you're confident that you're not going to be able to find that common ground, if you're confident that it's not what you're looking for, then yeah, calling it off isn't necessarily a bad thing. So this is where it comes to to each their own, hey? Yeah, I mean, it's always to each their own. We can only offer our own sort of perspectives and advice. We can't say, you must do this. This (laughs) You must stay with them. Right back to to me in four weeks. I'm sorry, you should should marry this person right now. (laughs) Literally, get on knee, pop a ring, marry this person. If you don't, then... You have failed. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You might find that you're trying trying some new things and it works. You might just decide, you know what, that's not for me and that's perfectly okay. Again, I don't think I could date someone that I had absolutely nothing in common with. I just don't think it would work. Maybe it would if I found a very specific kind of person, but at the moment, just talking about my own sort of preferences and experiences... I think I would need at least some things in common that I want to do with this person. But that's me. Tammy, you had a completely different sort of idea on it. And that's, yeah, that's how, that's how people work. That's They're how different. people work. That's the beauty of them. You're listening to the Naughty Root Show with Tammy and Zach, and we have just come to a close. We've just, Ended we are show. just about ready to wrap up for the night. We sure are. We sure are. We've had a, Great, great couple hours. We had a couple of listener questions, which were a lot of fun. Thank you for submitting those. We also spoke a bit about first kisses, second dates, and the orgasm gap. And if you want to hear more from us, you can go to The Naughty Root Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast Land. I don't know, wherever you get your podcasts. Just just go to one. Podcast Land isn't real. I just made that one up. But wherever you get your podcasts, just look up The Naughty Root Show. We'll be there. And if we're not there... Look somewhere else and we'll be there. If maybe try us, Podcast Land. Who knows? Maybe, maybe try Podcast there. Land. I don't think it's real, though. I just made up... I put the words podcast and the word land together and made Podcast Land. I'm not sure if you picked up on that. It was a very um, <laughs> genius genius wordplay by yours truly. There was a lot of thought put into that one, which we love. Oh, yes. I put so much thought into that. Uh, and if you want to just kind of keep up with Naughty Rude news and with our show, you can go to uh, at Naughty Rude Sin on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We're on all those social medias, so get involved. You can hit us up through a DM in any of those as well if you'd like. Uh, and if you want to ask us questions, we also have our handy-dandy questions submissions through Tumblr. Where's that at, Tammy? <laughs> that is at the naughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com slash ask. If you are wanting to keep up to date with us, I would recommend that you go to our other social streams. We're not as active on the Tumblr, but we do answer questions on the Tumblr. Yes. That's where we get to chat to you guys. Yeah. So hit us up, ask us something, tell us a story. We like stories. Stories are fun. Love also, we stories. still haven't had anyone story. tell us how to flirt yet, and we still don't know how to flirt. Well, so maybe t- they, t- maybe our listeners also don't know how to flirt because we oh, are no. the advice show that does not know oh, how to no. flirt. Oh, no. Oh, no. Don't worry. We're learning, though. We're learning. We're getting there. We'll give you some advice sooner or later. But, yeah, hit us up. Ask us a question. <laughs> this has been the Naughty Root Show here on Sin with Zach and Tammy.